And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by The Armory Bed and Breakfast. Come for the comfortable hay bale beds. Stay for the world-famous cryptid brunch. Previously on What Is Not. Currently, there is a chupacabra gnawing on Zeke. Are you one of Beth's friends? In a Beauty and the Beast-like transformation sequence, the van lifts up into the air and starts spinning around. The mission was to (laughs) save the moo cows and reunite them, and we did that. The guy you bit into is kind of a douche. I tell him to stand down to lower his weapon, to release Susan, and to come to Daddy. A helicopter flies off into the distance, followed by a cop car and a beautifully pristine white van. In the sand of the Mojave Desert in California, off historic Route 66, sits a small desert town called Baghdad. We have some ancient prophecy that something bad's going to go down in Baghdad. It's a town of shadows and secrets. Things aren't as they seem, but we're still not quite sure what's going on. Where bumps in the night aren't the house settling. Trying to find answers. And the monster under your bed lies in wait for your foot to leave the safety of your covers. My mom used to tell me all these weird stories about monsters, but I didn't really believe anything she said because, you know, that's crazy talk. It's a world where cultists spend their days pushing papers at the DMV and their nights summoning ancient creatures from the dread beyond. Seeing maybe something happened down at Cryptocor. The expert. Susan Donaldson. The town vet. The freelancer. People call me Beth. Hunting is sort of just like a business that I'm in. The deathless. Bruce the zombie and his father cast a spell to bring him back. The initiate. Donovan Elaine, part of an ancient order of monster hunters. The Monstrous. Zeke Solardier. He works for Cryptocor, which is his family's corporation. It's a town where it's very hard to tell what is real and what is not. Welcome to Baghdad. So, we have to resolve some things. Some? <laughs> so you do get an escort back to Baghdad, which is going to be about a half an hour drive. Is there anything you guys need to do in the van? Is getting in Donovan's face about what the hell? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that, if is that's that what a- Beth wants to do, if that's what his her reaction is, go for it. I really want to do that and just be like, Really? like you're supposed to be creating a distraction not making the distraction us in order to leave i don't know if you get to keep this rocket launcher much longer if you ain't gonna use it right i was hoping that the rocket fired at the bay doors would create some kind of an opening that it would open the bay doors i know it's not just a straight up explodey rocket launcher But I was hoping that creating an opening or destroying the door would be a part of whatever random magic it did. I did not 
anticipate it making the door come alive and turn into uh, our, our good friend Frank. <laughs> but did we need help opening the door? I thought we did. <laughs> Could we, we did. have not just pushed the button on the lift master? You know what, though? I don't think we ever concluded whether or not the bay door was locked until things went straight to hell. <laughs> yeah. We had no chance to figure that out because the door became Frank. Yeah. And whatever else, Frank did provide an opening through the door. Uh, that, that, that is true. And did you guys see what happened in the sky when the white wolf left yes that was exciting now have we just left frank to wither there out in the desert sun were we going to bring the door with us (laughs) (laughs) i just feel bad for frank he's stuck there on the side of this cave. nope napoleon bruce goes back with a crane on the helicopter (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable what are we going to do with a talking door? <laughs> oh, the possibilities are endless. More importantly, what are you going to do with a helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> you mean what can't we do with a helicopter? <laughs> exactly. That's really what it is. Okay, so Susan, do you want to address the wolf-cow situation? You mean other than what I just asked? Yeah, it sounded like you had more you wanted to follow up on that. No, I just want to make sure that I saw what everyone else saw, but I forgot Zeke and Bruce aren't here. Because we're in the van, right? Mm-hmm. And we're flying high. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me that saw that light in the sky. I didn't see anything because I was trapped in a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I turned to Donovan. You saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it. It was magic. It was magic. Yeah. Okay. So I think we did what we set out to do. And we're all here. I look at Bat Kid and I said, are you okay? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so I said, okay, all's well that ends well. <laughs> Unbloody believable. <laughs> all right, so my next question is where are you parking and storing this helicopter? So don't we have that base? The armory? Titan's armory? Yeah, the armory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Athena. Oh, Athena. <laughs> So Athena is sitting doing the books on the gun range. She's a little concerned because she hasn't been open as much as she's wanted to be because she's got (laughs) some house guests that are a little bit uh, important to not be seen. So she has had reduced hours and she's trying to figure out what she's going to do to make ends meet. So she's doing the books when all of a sudden she hears a helicopter and it seems to be getting closer and closer and closer And so she steps outside as this helicopter being flown by a zombie (laughs) lands in her front yard. And she's like, okay, I guess we have a helicopter now. (laughs) Can we give this poor woman some money or something? My God. Or at least a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, she's been okay with the drinks. (laughs) The drinks have been plentiful for the last week or so. I feel like she just like saw the helicopter land and she was like, all right, goes back in, makes another martini. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she walked out with the martini. She just took a long drag of it. She went to go get a refill. (laughs) In GURPS, there's an advantage called unfazable. If we were recreating this in GURPS, Athena would definitely have the advantage unfazable. (laughs) Poor woman. (laughs) All right. So 
Uh, the helicopter lands. What do you want to do, Bruce? Napoleon Bruce instructs with hand gestures to Zeke to open the door for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he would like you to carry him out of the helicopter because he's just too good for doing that himself now. He's a douche. <laughs> How long does that last? I was about to ask that question. How long is this mimic thing going to last? Yeah, how long is this mimic thing going to last? I don't know. Like, we've really literally just created the power. Yeah. Because it's one of those that you kind of, like, assemble. Yeah. Let me see if there's any indication. Like, this is why I both love and hate the system. It says, discuss the workings of your ultimate with your keeper. Yes. Like, how you can receive the chance to use it. Do you have to build it up? Can you use it in different stages? Or does it change on its own? Feel free to pull from these suggestions when building your own. My thought was Rogue from the X-Men, when she would put her hands on somebody and she would get their powers. Right. I want it to be temporary. Like, I don't want to be a fucking douche Napoleon for more than this session. Neither do the rest of us. No, I I was like, he's literally asking somebody who has four damage to carry him out. (laughs) Oh, he healed him. (laughs) Helicopter. He healed healed him. Yeah. He reduced it, yeah. You said for one. Oh. So Bruce took one harm and Zeke gained one harm. Yeah, so I'm no longer unstable. Yes. Sorry, so he's just at three. He's still bleeding, but just not as much. Still bleeding. Yeah. Limping. Is Zeke still a red panda? No, he changed out of a red panda, I think. Well, no, I changed into a red panda after my lust for the commander ended to escape and jump into the helicopter. But I think somewhere during the helicopter tour of the desert that Bruce provided us on route back to Athena's, the red panda popped back into Zeke. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to see out the windows and enjoy the tour. (laughs) So Zeke obliges, since Bruce is still Napoleon, I presume. Yes. And carries him into the house. And deposits him at the bar. Oh, wait. Before you do that, I want Napoleon Bruce to observe the gun range with this, like, look like I have conquered this land. This is mine. (laughs) (laughs) And then he would like a piggyback ride from Zeke to the house (laughs) where he holds his hand out like Napoleon in the painting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So that happens. (laughs) Let's say a solid good bite from somebody lasts about an hour. Okay, good. That works. So we're going to say you have maybe about 20, 30 minutes left on this one. Okay. All right. I'm thinking that there are just so many good visuals here. I think what is not could make a, a lot of money selling NFTs of the artwork from these. <laughs> Don't get me started on NFTs. <laughs> what does Beth's friend do? This is not actually Beth's friend. This is somebody who works for the security company that Beth's friend works for. So Beth got in touch with her friend. Her friend got in touch with this guy. Yeah. Why did he go with you, though? Well, he certainly wasn't going to stay there after he'd helped everybody escape. But did they see him help everyone escape? He doesn't know, but he's not taking that chance. Okay, so he just wants to escape while escaping and got it. Yeah, he's like, this temp job is obviously over. <laughs> he is going to have to find another source of employment. Yes. He's like, F this stuff, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you start shooting chupacabras, it really changes your life view. <laughs> 
And then watching somebody transform from a human to a red panda back to a human and then a Napoleon zombie. Yeah, so he's had a strange day. If Napoleon Bruce heard you say that, he would smack you. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on, Brucey. (laughs) All right, so he just kind of gets out of the helicopter and he's kind of looking around, not quite sure what to do next, but he's going to have to figure out a ride home because... I think Athena hands him a martini, I think. <laughs> I feel she's like, come on in, take a seat. We'll call you an upper. <laughs> <laughs> he introduces himself as Carl Eddington, and he works for a friend of Beth's, owns a security company. He's got a to-go bag ready to go in case of such a situation, because he's worried that there's going to be cryptocore repercussions for this debacle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Poor guy. <sighs> All right, so what's going on with the rest of the people? I'd say it's probably going to take a good 40 minutes for you guys to get back to the armory. I think we're hungry. Mm-hmm. Can we get some takeout? Sure. I don't have much takeout through his own Kelbacker Road. Road. <laughs> Is there a drive through on the way? Oh, there's plenty of drive throughs as you're going through town. So if we want to be true to form, the Valley just got a new, um, what is it called, Matt? Raising Canes. <gasps> raising Canes. Hell yeah, we're going to Raising Canes. So we'll say that Baghdad has a Raising Canes that just opened. And so that's where you guys uh, start. Literally, car lines three blocks down yep what's the menu chicken fingers chicken fingers and french fries that's literally their entire menu that's it that's it literally that's it yeah but this is not raising canes because that would be copyright infringement so this is raising abel's that's that's clever yeah, so could we order like 240 chicken fingers? My lord. 12 fries. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of party packs that yeah. you do order. And yeah, so there's chicken fingers for all. Okay. So we're eating and driving back. Napoleon would like to send a text to the group while they're doing that. Mm-hmm. I would imagine at this point he is lounging very comfortably like an emperor. Mm-hmm. Can Napoleon FaceTime the whole group, you know? Napoleon's too good for that. (laughs) (laughs) But the text is actually going to be a Napoleon quote. I'm looking these up as I go. (laughs) (laughs) And I would imagine Napoleon's also got a martini while he's doing this. Yeah, Uh obviously. The text will be, I can no longer obey. I have tasted command and I cannot give it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> does zeke need to kick some ass with napoleon at this point <laughs> we should not be fighting each other <laughs> <laughs> don't forget right now he's got a plus four to tough yeah he does i don't know that you're gonna win that <laughs> that's true susan responds and says emoji says woof with a little heart face <laughs> <laughs> way to defuse susan <laughs> Well done. She also snatches my phone out of my hand. <laughs> I was like, no, Beth. No. <laughs> it's fine. I'll just kick his ass later. <laughs> While we're in the car, Donovan wants to say to Vic, see, you were very hesitant about this mission. You didn't think we could do it. And I'll admit it was real close there at the end. It was real hairy, but. We did it. We broke out the other creature. We reunited them. 
What do you think? Oh, boy. Vic can't help but get a little smile on their face. And they're like, I don't know how y'all doing this, but you seem to have some uncanny luck. What did I see come out of there? What did you guys rescue out of that thing? Well, this creature showed up a little while ago that had some kind of a bad luck field around it. The spirit from another plane of existence or something. And whenever it was around, everyone, like, stubbed their big toe and, you know, dropped their glasses or whatever. Like, just little bad lucky things happened all the time. And after uh, communicating with it, we realized it had a mate that, I assume, had a field of good luck around it. And, you know, it was a whole yin and yang thing. And so we were rescuing its counterpart. They interrupt. They're like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so so describe these things. Well, it's like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> but it has paws for feet and no udder. It's not really a cow. It's the other way around. It has hooves for feet, but it's a wolf. It's like a wolf. <laughs> but it has hooves for feet and it's as big as a cow. Look, it's been a long day. <laughs> so so you're saying there's this black wolf thing and a white wolf thing and the black wolf thing gives off bad luck. Which, if we follow that train of logic, the white wolf thing would give off good luck, which is why some of you got plus one to some of your rolls. Oh. <laughs> some of us. So, well, because you were too far away, otherwise I would have given them to you too. And Cryptocor had captured the good luck one for their own nefarious purposes. And they're like, you, you, you just, it sounds like you just released a Cadejo from Cryptocore. A what? My ears what? prick up. What Cadejo? is a Cadejo? They're devil's dogs. Uh, well, they seem pretty sweet to me. I'm uh, from my interaction. Nice. Mythologically speaking, they're supposedly the devil's dogs. How did Cryptocore have one? And why did you release it into the wild? Well, because they were a couple, and the bad luck one was free and came to us for help, and it was causing all kinds of little accidents as it wandered around trying to find someone to help them, right? Yeah. Because of the bad luck field. So we were just trying to negate that. Now that they're both free, did the black wolf cow and white wolf cow merge together into a Holstein wolf cow? <laughs> Maybe it's like a Holstein. A Holstein? <laughs> The black and white splotched cows? Oh, oh, um, no. <laughs> they are probably together. As one or two separate creatures? They're, they're two separate creatures. Oh, so but... it's, it's multiple uh, devil's dogs. Not yes, there's one. there's two. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's two, and, and they are supposedly the, the dogs of, of the devil. And it sounds like somehow Cryptocore had one of them, and that's very concerning. Cryptocore had both of them. Okay. Well, regardless, this is concerning because these are very, very powerful spiritual creatures that they should not have access to. So what are you saying? Cryptocore is getting into all kinds of stuff it shouldn't yeah, be getting into. Exactly. Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of this. So let's take stock here. What all do we know about what 
Cryptocore has gotten a hold of. Well, they have these devil's dogs. They have the New Jersey devil. Wait, Zeke is with Napoleon. How is he in this conversation? Oh, is this conversation taking place in the van? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, this is true. (laughs) Oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Zeke, go away. You are massaging Napoleon's feet right now. (laughs) (laughs) Zeke turns back into a red pen. So Vic asked question like, what do we know about what Cryptocore has? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Beth's a little fed up with all the BS that's been going on and all this crazy stuff. She just points to the people, all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Vic goes, okay, so we've got some sort of vampire thing. And Bat Kid is like, hey, I am not a vampire. It's rude. <laughs> and is that the Mothman? And a Sasquatch, and, and Ralph goes, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a yucca man. They're like, whatever. And then, who, like, it dawns on everybody that Vic just kind of went along with this and was like, didn't really stop to think what they were driving around in the van. And then this is Elvis with superpowers. So we know that they have access to all of these creatures Devil's dogs. What else did you say they had? Basilisks. Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the thing that stole people's dreams or gave kids nightmares or whatever. Yeah, the boogeyman. Boogeyman. Okay. Uh, we don't know anything about the chupacabras because we weren't there to see that, so we can't say that one. Yeah, that's new. Well, they were there the first time. They just got out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did we see the chupacabras the first time? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we knew what they were, but... Beth didn't, because Beth was loading statue people into the van. That's right. That's right. I was MIA. Yeah. So, Vic, is there something you're not telling us that you know? Because now that you know that they had access to all of these magical, supernatural creatures? Well, my group knew that they were capturing these things. We didn't know exactly what they had. It sounds like they had more than we thought they had. We knew about him, and they point to Ralph... We suspected him and points to Elvis. We didn't know about you, points to Bat Kid. And they say we had an inkling about Mothman, but we didn't know about the Devil's Dogs. And we didn't know about some of these other creatures. Like Basilisks were not on our radar. And we have no idea what they're using them for. We just know that they've got them. Well, we think they're using them to make people have that power. So, I mean, there's a cheerleader running around who can turn people into stone. So I don't know what they were going to use the dogs for, but obviously not for something good. And so I think we're better off with them not being in the hands of Cryptocore, but I don't know what might be next, what we haven't rescued or what might still be out there. And Susan brings up a good point. I think maybe our next priority should be finding that cheerleader and getting her to safety. Except she's the one that's supposed to turn us all to stone. So there's that. Well, I mean, ain't nothing easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. And then there's still the luck. I mean, at some point, I have to discover something now that's related to something I was involved in years ago. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Okay, so... It could be later. Yeah, it's going to have to be later. I don't have any easy way of working this into the conversation. So I'd say at this point, the van is probably pulling up to the armory so we can get everybody back together again. 
Did they bring extra raising Abel for the rest of us? <laughs> we brought snacks. <laughs> that would be a yes. <laughs> so Susan walks in and hugs Athena and gives Bruce one of the snacks from the car, a big tray of... Bruce doesn't get any snacks. No, no, Bruce gets a tray <laughs> of chicken fingers. <laughs> it's been almost an hour now. I mean, I think by the time we got back, it's been it's been 40 minutes, so... Does Zeke get any? Does he get nothing? Well, Susan's not taking care of Zeke. She's taking care of Bruce. <laughs> Maybe once the hour wears off, then Bruce takes his legs off of Zeke as he was using him as a leg rest. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that there was probably enough for everybody. Ralph held back because he could clear several family size orders by himself. He just had a nibble. But yeah, I think everybody has been fed and watered. I do turn to Zeke. I say, are you okay? You don't look so good. No, I'm a little under the weather. That took an awful lot out of me. Okay, so then if Bruce is back to normal now, I think he's going to take that napkin thingy that he mysteriously somehow had, Mm -hmm. and he's going to wrap it around his head like the karate kid, and he's going to do a little wax on, wax off, and he is going to heal Zeke. Necromancy heal. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a one-for-one one swap, right? I'll take the damage. Well, you know, you got to keep track of your damage because you got one in the cave, and then you took one from him from the, like, as you were walking towards the helicopter. So he's down to three. That puts you at five and unstable. <laughs> I mean, mm. I was unstable a moment ago, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> How does Bruce heal? How does Bruce heal? I don't know that we really talked about that, I guess. He heals like everybody else does. Is it time? Yeah. By the power of fashion. By the power of fashion. (laughs) You mean heal himself or heal others? Well, when he heals others, he hurts himself. I'll take your damage, yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zeke, why don't you roll again for your... uh, Oh, this is going to be good. (laughs) To get your... What is it? An unrelenting vitality or something like that? Unquenchable vitality. That one, yeah. When you have taken harm, you can heal yourself. So you're right. Yes, I forgot. So... I really need to. Of course, my injuries could worsen here, folks. But I'm down to three, so this will be good. Come on. Come on. Roll a 12, buddy. Roll a 12. So unquenchable vitality. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Six. <laughs> what does he add to that? Oh, well, let's see. Roll plus cool. And now, thankfully, that's not a negative anymore. So it's, but it's just what I rolled, which is six. Bruce, roll plus, and we're going to say that this is while you still had your plus four to tough. Yeah. Isn't help versus tough? I thought that's cool to help out. Is it first cool to help out? Yeah. It is plus cool. What's your plus cool? I got a plus one to that. Okay. So roll plus cool. All right. That is a nine. That's a nine. So I think that'll work out for what we're trying to do because it's a combination of both of your powers working together. So he had three points of power. So I would say that he heals one on his own and I heal two. Bruce takes two. Okay. So you're two four and you are unstable. But what does that look like? And so Zeke gets one fewer harm. Is that the idea? No, Zeke is good now. Bruce gets one fewer harm. He's not at five. He's at four. Oh, but Zeke didn't get healed at all. No, yeah, you got healed to full. Yeah. You oh, full. Healed. I can erase all my harms. Oh, okay. Yes. What does ketamine do for, for Bruce? Because Susan has access to that. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's find out. What other powers do you have? I feel like this session has been good about, like, let's look at the powers and make sure we're using them correctly. Yeah. You have banished from death, which means you are unable to die permanently. You haven't been killed... So that doesn't do anything. Wait, here we go. When the harm track is filled, you are currently dying. And unless something is done about it, you will die. Shortly thereafter, you will return from death and clear your harm track. When you are killed, you mark experience. Ooh, I could use that. If you die saving someone, then you mark two experience. You only have five harm. Yeah. And you do not have unstable. So you're just at four harm. Yeah. Does he ever heal or he just gets harm until he dies? I think I got to die and then come back. Okay. Wow. We've been doing that wrong then, because you would have died at least twice, I think, by now, if that's the case. So moving forward, we'll say that you don't heal. I die. Yeah. So moving forward, if you get one more harm, yep. we will say you die, and then we'll have to resolve how you come back. Okay. All right. See, look at this. We're learning more about the game. <laughs> we are. Uh, yep. 11 sessions in. We're doing great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been playing D&D for decades, and I still don't feel like I really understand parts of it. So yeah, it's fine. No, this is good. We've told good stories. Now we're just, you know, playing by the rules. If there's one thing you can be sure of in an As the Dice Roll campaign... It's that we kind of figure out the rules as we go along. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What Is Not. I am very sorry for getting this episode out so late. It's been a bit of a struggle to balance both end-of-the-year work obligations and editing time. So on that note, I need a bit of a break. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm going to be out of the country for a few weeks, and there's no way for me to get two episodes done between now and when I leave. So I should be able to get the next episode of Cautious Optimism out by Friday, though it may be Saturday morning as I have to spend some time this week preparing for the trip. And then we're going to be taking a short two-week hiatus so that I can relax a bit, get mentally caught up with the rest of the world, and enjoy my trip. And then when I come back, I will be on summer break and I'll have time to get ahead. So when we start school back up in August, I'll have some edited episodes in the bank, which will give me some leeway for those weeks where I just can't get the editing done. Thank you for being so patient with me as I take this short breather, and I look forward to coming back with renewed creative energy. If you want to know when schedule changes like this happen, you can follow us on our various social media accounts. Our Twitter is at AsTheDiceRollRP, our Instagram is at AsTheDiceRoll, or you can send us an email at podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. And if you'd like to chat with us in real time, head on over to geek2geekmedia.com and go to the Contact Us tab where you can connect with us via our Slack channel or Discord servers. And of course, if you want to listen to the cast do things that they're more comfortable with than following rules in what is not, you can listen to Todd on his podcast Nerdberg Review and Farming Simulated. You can catch Katie on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, and Disney Forever. And of course, you can always listen to me on my podcast, Geektitude. I would like to take a moment to congratulate our network founders, Void and Beach, on their finale of our network flagship podcast, The Geek to Geek Podcast. They have been running strong for 290 episodes and definitely deserve a break from what has been an impressive podcast run. Thank you, gentlemen, for all the hours of entertainment and content you've so generously gifted us over the past six years. That's it for me this week. I'll be back here on Friday, June 10th with the next episode of Cautious Optimism, and then again on Friday, July 1st with the next episode of What Is Not. Until then, let's see what other rules we should have been following right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down, 
when you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, so we're at the armory. Everybody's fed and watered. Everybody's healed up as much as they're going to heal up. I think everybody else just took one damage, if that. Yeah, I'm good. So I think you should all be able to be first aided into full health and be fine. All right. What do you guys want to do? What needs to be done now? So let's talk about our next great adventure, finding the cheerleader, right? Does anybody else have a different priority for our next goal? The only thing I could think of would be, do we need to figure out more broadly what the heck Cryptocore is up to? Like, why do they have all these creatures? I mean, that's definitely a thing to do, yeah. There's also the company and Vic's missing team. So the company seems to be the more terrifying entity out there, even apart from Cryptocore. What's the company? I think the company is who hired Robert Hagbard. Yeah, Vic explains that there is an entity known as the company that runs a lot of different little organizations. They're like a bigger step up level in this overall arching conspiracy. And so Robert Hagbard was recruiting for the company and Vic's team interrupted that thinking he was just a stooge. And he actually magicked them into God only knows where. And Vic had to fight their way back out of some pretty awful places to get back to Baghdad. That's why they've been gone for so long. And Mildred works for the company? No, Mildred has not said anything about working for the company. When you talked to them about who they were working for, she said that she was working for herself, but she had associates. And then she was trying to get that bejeweled knife as part of like some other, like she was trying to get that joined with some other artifact for some nefarious purpose that we don't even understand. Right? Right. So I guess we could try to find the cheerleader. I don't know if that's going to help us save the world because I still feel like we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> save, save the cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Save <laughs> the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. If that was our Game Master's plan all along, then maybe we're on to something. <laughs> it really wasn't, but um, <laughs> but I do think it's appropriate. My thing is, is that series had so much potential and then there was a writer's strike. It's very sad. We're heroes. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I think the cheerleader might have information on Cryptocore, right? Because they either caused her to get this power from the basilisks. They experimented on her, maybe. I mean, I feel like there's a story there, and that information might be useful in understanding what Cryptocore is up to and other larger plots. 
And the last place where she was was at the store, but we don't know from there, correct? That's when Bruce had the vision of this house in the middle of the desert. Because in reality, in the real world that we all live in, all the players live in, if you go into the desert between here and Baghdad, there's just bunches of just these little abandoned shacks. Ah, uh, that's true. And so Bruce had kind of narrowed it down to she's probably in one or two of those little abandoned homes. Lou is there with you guys. He's technically off duty, so he came rolling up with all of you. And when you start mentioning the cheerleader, he says, oh, are you talking about Daisy Sullivan? Yes. Oh. Yeah, she's been gone for a while now. You guys know where she is? We might. Well, how about her boyfriend? Have you heard from him? Because he's been missing for a while now, too. I checked down at my phone and realized that I still haven't gotten a response. I didn't know that he was missing. Can I text him again? Yeah. I text him again and saying, we know what's going on. We want to help you. And Daisy, let us know where you are. Okay. You send the text, but as of now, there's no little dots saying that he's responding. There's nothing. It's just you sent a text. It says delivered. Okay. So we know he has an iPhone. Yes. (laughs) I was about to say. Okay. So does Bruce need to remind us of that vision? Because Susan's forgotten about what the next step to find Daisy is. Bruce turns on Hey Mickey and does a cheerleading dance as his form of interpretive dance reminder. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so I think all that needs to be reminded is you had a vision from Mothman. He gave you a vision of everybody frozen as statues in this tiny little house in the middle of the desert. Bruce had no phone reception, which drove me crazy, freaked him the hell out. So he used that and coverage maps to find where he thought was the possible spots. And he found two, two possible houses that it could be. Hmm. Okay. So to the desert. Yeah, I think we need to roll. All right. Who all is going? Are we rolling out right now? Or fly. I was going to say, yeah, I think the best recon is from the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Problem. Wait, 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 problem. Wait. Hold on. Oh, that's right. Who could fly a helicopter now? Yeah. Oh no. Oh. That was Napoleon's skill? Yeah. How did that work? How did Napoleon know how to do it? He bit the security dude who knew how to fly a helicopter, but that's worn off. Oh. oh. Well crap. I'm sure there's a YouTube that teaches you how to fly a <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, that's Hold something on. I think I'm I'm imagining Link Wait! Wait. <laughs> okay. First of all, how long has it been since we left? Like, am I still injured? Am I still bleeding? Like, I got hurt. <laughs> Joe said that we did some first aid and we're all back to normal. The ones of us that just had the one harm. Yeah, I would say that everybody who was in the van that had one harm, which was pretty much everybody at that point. There was some like quick triage and fixing up of things and everybody was able to heal back their one harm. You know, you're going to have a sore shoulder for a while, but it's not the end of the world. Okay. And we ate chicken. So yes. we ate chicken. Don't you guys think maybe we should have a plan this time? Well, that's never worked for us in the past. Why yeah, start I now? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bruce looks confused, like he doesn't know what that even means. Plan? Plan? Pantsing is our plan, I think. We're going to die. Okay, well, let's be open to this radical suggestion. (laughs) 
so what kind of plan? Because right now we really don't have much information to base making a plan on. We do know we need to protect ourselves. From turning to stone. Okay, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Shouldn't we sleep or something? (laughs) I feel like we don't have time. What time of day is it? I would say it's probably early afternoon because you guys left at dawn and it only takes about 40 minutes to get from the armory to the hold. And then... All that action just zipped on by. Even if it was five hours, it's like probably one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon. There's a few issues. Like, first of all, they're going to come looking for us. I mean, we just did something really major. And we got to get rid of this helicopter because I don't want them... I mean, somebody had to see it flying in here. I don't want them coming to a theme. Oh, I don't think we want to get rid of it, though. I mean, that has so much potential. (laughs) Need to hide it, then. I somehow forgot that we were doing this in broad daylight. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, there could be consequences. So I think it would be fine for us to leave and figure out a plan on the way, but I also don't want to, you know, leave a trail bright here to Athena's. So we're going to a house in the middle of the desert where we think a Medusa cheerleader is at that could potentially turn us all into stone based off of Bruce's vision. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good summary. <laughs> Good summary. Hey. Maybe we ought to take time this afternoon to watch those helicopter flying videos. Yeah, and we could do some research on basilisks and ways to avoid being petrified. Yeah, and Bruce, if he remembers flying it, maybe he can learn to fly it. Probably like riding a bicycle. I think it's like muscle memory, and zombies have a lot of muscle memory. We do have this like extra security person that I don't think has left. Carl. I was like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Does he know how to fly a helicopter? Sorry, that's not my skill set. Damn it. There's a reason why they put me in the monitoring room in the security guard spot. Like I can do some tech stuff, but I'm not I'm not a pilot. Maybe we can use magic to get the helicopter to fly itself. (laughs) Everybody turns their face towards Donovan. (laughs) I'm willing to try. (laughs) I'd have to make it sentient. Mm. What do we remember learning about the basilics and protecting ourselves? I can check my hunter's journal. I got that. We're having four different conversations. Yes. Yes, we've got all sorts of stuff going on. So let's quickly resolve each person individually, and that'll probably take us up to the end of the session. So let's start with Susan. So Susan, kind of trying to figure out what she knows, is kind of leafing through her dad's journal. And she's never thought of it before because there's so much in this journal. But she's starting to see references to the company And she turns to a page and there's nine circles, all kind of a a pattern around a single point. And one of them has the word company written in it. And then there's just different abbreviations or question marks, depending on what her father knew. And I'd say about four of them are question marks. One says company question mark. One has a little almost flirtily cross type rose symbol. Hmm. One is a little lightning bolt symbol. There are two other symbols that you don't currently recognize. <laughs> and I will have to look up for next session. 
So it's like nine circles all separate, each one with the question marks or the symbols, or are they stemming out of the company? What is this on that we're looking at? I I missed that. It's my dad's notebook. Mm. I think one of the Grimm books that they had on Grimm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Has all this information on it because they've, you know, gathered it from so many years. Right. And so this one page has nine circles around it. One of the circles says company and it has a question mark. You know, so obviously her father had heard of the company and it was involved in some sort of conspiracy that had these nine pieces interacting with one another. And they're all in a circle and they have lines that point to just a central point that has nothing in it. So it's like, a central point with nine lines coming out of it. And at the end of each line is either a question mark circled or a little symbol circled. And then one of those is a thing that says the company question mark with a big circle around. All right. So that is what she has learned from her luck move. She started flipping through while they were talking about the company and she found that drawing, which she'd seen before, but it didn't have any context for. So it didn't catch her eye. Right. Beth, you had a question or something that you wanted resolved. Uh, well, we needed to know something more about the monster, right? Like the basilisk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can we protect ourselves from being turned to stone? All right. Go ahead and roll against your hunter's journal. Okay. I'm willing to investigate a mystery, basically. Yeah. I got an eight. And then it's what? What's an investigate a mystery plus? Sharp. Sharp. I get a plus two now. So I got 10. Okay. Everything you know about basilisks in your hunter's journal, it's basically like, don't look at them in the eye. They're just lizards. They just have this ability to turn people to stone if they make direct eye contact. So indirect eye contact isn't a problem. Remember the ones you saw in the hold had like those headpieces that they put over birds to keep them calm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they couldn't see anything. And so you couldn't see their eyes. So it really has to come down to, can you see their eyes or not? It sounds like we really do need to approach from the sky. (laughs) (laughs) And my recollection from the flawless was that with regard to the basilisk, she said force is not the answer. Yes. And then who else did we have to resolve something for? Oh, Todd, you're going to try and bring the helicopter to life. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Is that even part of your use magic ability? Your repertoire? Yeah, there's a section here for bringing helicopters to life. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got inflict harm, we've got enchant a weapon, we've got do one thing that is beyond human limitations, which is very vague, bar a place or portal to a specific person or a type of creature, trap a specific person minion or monster banish a spirit or curse from the person object or place it inhabits summon a monster into the world communicate with something that does not share your language with you observe another place or time or heal one harm from an injury or cure a disease or neutralize a poison now that number two that second thing enchant a weapon is that what you said yeah you can either give it one harm or one magic. I mean, because if we look at the helicopter as a weapon, he could enchant it, right? Well, can't we bring like Frank from the door and put <laughs> him into the helicopter? Now, specifically, we wanted the helicopter to be able to fly itself, right? Mm-hmm. And I made a jump there that then the helicopter would have to be sentient, but what if we just enchanted it as if enchanting a weapon, but we enchant it to fly itself with voice commands. Yeah, I mean, modern helicopters do already have autopilot in them, so yeah, we're not doing a whole lot. Bruce is Googling helicopter 
teachers that are nearby that he could go bite. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we need to fly the helicopter, he, he'd break into this poor guy's house and bite him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Why are you back? What did I do? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually he's just like, uh, again, and just sticks his arm out. Poor guy. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. Here you go. <laughs> He's like, hurry up. I got laundry to do. <laughs> well, okay. So roll, use magic, and we'll see what happens. Or if this is too far a stretch, Donovan could just use magic on one of us and give us the ability to fly a helicopter. So it could be the helicopter flies itself, or we just have this ability to learn. It's not as fun. Well, that was met with great enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for this to fail. <laughs> so, Donovan, go ahead and cast a spell. Decide which one you want to do. All right. I'm going to enchant the helicopter to fly itself with voice commands. So that way any of us will be able to operate it. Now, are you enchanting it with Alexa or Siri or... Which voice commands is going to respond to? It's going to be Alexa, but it's going to have an Irish accent. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Can it respond to text control so that Bruce can also control? Why not? Yep. <laughs> It'll do that too. This sounds like we're getting dangerously close to like what happened with like Doctor Strange, where he just kept like adding stuff to the <laughs> to the spiral. Now we're going to open the multiverse. It's totally going to be fine. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to start casting the spell. Can't change it once I start casting. <laughs> Saw that in a movie one. Here we go. Hula la 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 dee doobly shoobly shee. Fucking five. <laughs> well, hold on. I get plus three. So actually eight. Okay. <laughs> Fucking five. <laughs> I'm so many fives. Glitches are the effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. It has a problematic side effect. All right. You can now fly the helicopter via voice command. Yay. Success, guys. <laughs> it worked, the spell worked, and there were no unwanted side effects. None whatsoever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Next time on What Is Not. I think we should land and just at least check this house out. This is definitely something, but we don't know for sure that it's the cheerleader. I mean, it could just be a homeless person. Okay, so now we need a plan, I think. Oh, why start now? The agents that she's turning to stone are clearly bad people. Ah! I'm dead! You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at 
geek2geekmedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 